Yeah, so thanks so much for, for tuning in and for, for taking the time to chat to me, bro. I think um, both you and I had some cool conversations last year just about this starting a business, growing a business, like the ups and downs. And yeah, I just wanted to sort of chat about it and get your feedback. So yeah, thanks so much for joining today. No, that's awesome, man. And yeah, like you said, I mean, we just had some such awesome chats about it. And I think it's important for, for people like us, you know, just being young entrepreneurs, especially in the same kind of region, to have these conversations because, you know, so many points that you brought up were things that like I'd, I'd thought of before, but it didn't really make sense until I heard someone else say it or say it out loud, you know? So it's nice to get this, this, this kind of feedback going. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that's the, the idea for both of us is, is to kind of talk about the things that we, we struggle with, the things that we've discovered and, and just share that and make it sort of like an ongoing thing and, and obviously bring other people in and stuff. So, yeah, so if you listen to this, welcome and um, maybe I give a bit of background. So uh, you and I became friends, right? Like when I was in Durban, when I was studying that side. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about like your journey from, from uh, studying law to like starting your own business where you are now? Yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, obviously, like, like I said, we, we met during that, that phase. And I mean, I think this is such a good conversation to have because I feel like so many people go through and are going through what I went through where you kind of get onto a path, you study in a certain way and everything is great and, you know, and good when you have this idea in your head, but there's a very big difference between theory, um, you know, textbooks and practice. So what I realized is that I, I always enjoyed studying, I always enjoyed law. But when I got into the field, I realized that, you know, it wasn't really something that that clicked with me completely. So I always tell people is that, you know, I was passionate about the law to about 100%, but I'm passionate about this 120%. And I feel like life is too short to only be give 100%. You know, if you've got 120 in the tank, you should you should give it. So look, it was a big, it was a big jump. And I think a lot of people can relate as well, obviously coming from a more traditional kind of career path to moving into what I'm doing now, which is, you know, very focused around energy, around physical and mental health. It's a big jump. Um, and you always have a lot of a lot of pushback from that. So a saying I like quite a lot is that when you go on any kind of journey, you're always going to face two kinds of opponents. It's going to be the internal opponent and it's going to be the external opponent. So for my for me in my situation, you know, the external opponents was my parents, for example. And again, it wasn't that it wasn't coming from a place of love, and they were actually really supportive, but kind of in the way where you could see they were kind of worried, but um, that we were trying their best to put on a brave face. And then, of course, you've got the internal opponents, which are, you know, we've talked about a lot. It's those voices of doubt and voices of uncertainty, you know, uncertainty about is this going to work? How am I going to, you know, make ends meet? Did I make the wrong decision? So, yeah, I think for me, it's been, um, it's been an interesting journey. There's a lot of ups and downs. Um, and I think if there's one thing I can share that, that's been really valuable for me is that it's okay to change to change your approach and to change your idea. Because I mean, I was very much stuck in a certain way of looking at things in a certain way it was gonna be. And if I'd stayed stuck in that same pattern, I wouldn't have got as far as I, as I have. I wouldn't have been able to persevere as far as I have. So well, what do you think about that in terms of those external and those internal opponents? How did they shrug for you? Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And, and I definitely wanna, I wanna get into that. And I think that's like a big part of like stoicism and, and focusing on the things you can control. So I definitely do wanna chat about that, but um, I just have like a couple of questions from, from what you were saying. So um, if anyone didn't catch that, you, you were studying, like you have studied a full on law degree um, from Varsity College and you, you're not the typical kind of person who like tried the whole school thing and struggled with that. And so dropped out and did a business. Like you actually smashed it. And I remember you are pretty strong with academics as well, right? So. So yeah. for you to have this like safety net of like a very, very good career with strong marks, good connections to decide, you know what, actually, fuck it. I want to go and start my own business and do something completely different. Like 
what what was that decision like because obviously when we were friends we were both huge on like training gym um you were also very big like out of all the people on you on like creating a structure discipline routine and stuff where, where does that sort of thinking come through that that idea of discipline and then also the second question is is at what point did you decide okay no the law thing is not for me i'm going to do the business thing mm-hmm. look i think um and like like you said i don't go i don't i don't bring it up much um but but it is true you know like I me mean, when i was in it the only reason i got through law and the only reason why i was able to do so well and, and you know come in almost top 10 in the country was from discipline you know having having that that amazing focus and i think that's where it comes down to when it comes to discipline you know it's 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 having the focus on the end goal and what you really 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 want out of everything so and and the funny thing is is that that can often be a double edged sword right because i had such extreme focus of where i wanted to go and it it worked right it helped me push through and i was able to be ridiculously disciplined in creating the academic results that i did creating the body that i wanted to create um and often what happens is you kind of get to the end of the line and you realize it wasn't the correct path for you but i don't necessarily believe in a right or wrong path you know you you can always learn from the experience so for me where it actually came through ironically was because i did so well in my studies and i thought to myself you know what if i can go through this rough process this this crazy crazy flipping academic journey and come out on top and you know come out happy and healthy on the other end then I pretty much have my pick. You know, I can, I can choose to do whatever I want. I can take all this energy and I can direct it wherever I want. And then I really looked at it and I asked myself, I want to add value to my life. I want to add value to other people's life. Now I have all of this energy, all of this power and discipline. Do I want to keep using it on the path I'm going on? So it was kind of that place that, that made me, push me to the point of decision to ask myself, you know, do I want to do what is expected of me? Do I want to do what I know? Or do I want to take this energy and tackle something new and tackle something that I know is going to provide so much value to my life and to other people's lives? Um, so yeah, for me, it, would, it really, really was just, just that point. And when it comes to discipline, I think discipline's easy once, once you know what you want. So I think discipline is just a, a regular part of, of, of knowing what you want and chasing it. I believe in the power of pull as opposed to the power of push. So what I mean by that is that pushing yourself to get something done is is important right and there's a there's a time and place for that but what's more important than that is pull because when you are so attracted to something that it, it compels you to go for it that that's kind of more sustainable push is like lighter fluid or sugar it's a quick burst of energy and then it's done which sometimes you need but what's long and sustained is pull so for me creating that focus of what i wanted that's what pulled me in that direction i think does that answer your question yeah, 100%. Yeah, that, that's such a cool principle as well. Like the, you either get pushed by pain, whatever it is, you were in a situation that was so bad that you're like, I'm never going back here, or you get pulled by something that you're inspired by. Um, no, that's, that's insane. So when it comes to like setting your things that pull you, um, like, are you very like particular about how do you write those out? Do you read them every day? Like, how do you, like, let's say for someone who doesn't necessarily know what they want, because that's kind of common, right? People say, I don't really know, like, I want to be happy, <laughs> right? That's mm-hmm. not that's not an easy thing to be pulled towards. So how, how do you work it through with your clients? How do you try and get them through the process of, of finding a goal that pulls them? Well, I think that's an awesome question. You know, it's, I was actually having, I've had this conversation frequently in the last few days, ironically, and it's something that most people battle with. And, you know, we always hear about these things, you know, write down your goals, X, Y, Z, whatever the case may be. And we don't actually realize how powerful that is, you know, putting pen to paper and understanding what you want and writing it down just the act in of itself is committing you. It's, it's, a, it's, it's visualizing it on another level. So what I get, what I do myself and what I get my clients to do 
is I'll have my one-year goals written down and not only what I want, I always go through a three-stage process and I call it RPM. This is something I learned from Tony Robbins. Now, RPM is like the RPM in a car, right? The higher the RPM, the faster the engine's going to move. So RPM stands for results, purpose, and a massive action plan, right? Results, purpose, massive action plan or map. Now, the result is what you want, right? Which is the nice car, the million rand, the awesome physique, the awesome job, the great mental state. But the purpose, that's where you get the pull from, right? The purpose of why you want it, that's really a massive, massive part of understanding and, and building this momentum, this pulling force, because that purpose is what we're really after. I mean, a great saying goes, you know, we, we all want a million rand, but we don't want a million pieces of paper with some uh, big five animals on them. What we want is the emotional experience of what we believe money is going to get us. So yeah. when it comes to purpose, it's figuring out what that is. You know, for me to be successful in business, my purpose might be to support my family or to feel really significant. For you, it might be something very different. It might be just to enjoy the process. So that purpose is, is, is absolutely integral to the whole, whole process. So really taking each and every area of your life, breaking it down into those three segments, your results and your purpose, and going over that every single day. Now, the results and purpose is something that I'll get myself and my clients to go through every single day because that repetition and even writing it out is what kind of gets it in the brain. The yeah. M, on the other hand, which is a bit off topic, but I think it's important here, the M is something very different, right? The map, right? The massive action plan. That is something that should be flexible. So what I always tell my clients is be rigid and strict in your goals and your purpose and be highly flexible in your map or your way to get there, right? Like we were talking about earlier, I could have become a lawyer. I could have, I was thinking of going into accounting. Um, I could do this. I could do a million other things. So there's a, there's a million ways I can get to a million rand. But if I stick with one path, I'm never going to have the flexibility to actually get there. So being flexible in your approach is something that I believe is, is, is absolutely integral. Yeah. Being willing to like adapt as you go, but being dead fixed and focused on that end goal. Yeah. No. Yes. 100%. And I think um, one thing to to, to add to that as well, and this comes from a more visual element is, you know, after having looked at your goals, after having understood the purpose, I'll practice this kind of meditation, if you want to call it that, each and every day with myself and my clients. And it's where you almost, you visualize and you daydream about what it would be like if you had that result and it was already done. So yeah. putting yourself in a state, I mean, we daydream all the time, right? I mean, we daydream positively. Sometimes we daydream negatively. I mean, how many times do we, we have these thoughts in our head about an argument that hasn't even happened yet, right? So it's really just taking that mental process that's already going on and using it productively. So almost visualizing every single day what it would be like when that goal is complete, when it's done, when it's in the bag. Now, the reason that works so well is because you put yourself into the state, the mental, emotional state that you'll be in when you achieve that success. Now, that obviously doesn't mean, doesn't guarantee you're going to get it, but putting yourself in that heightened state, that high energy state, you're going to perform like a person who's already achieved that goal. And if you perform like a person who's already achieved that goal, you're going to, exactly, you're going to do the things that you need to do to follow through. So those are kind of a few tools and rituals that I use with myself and my clients to, to create momentum. Yeah, I really like that, man. I really, really like that. And I, and I resonate with it a lot. And it's something that's helped me. But um, there's another thing going back to the discipline of things. So, so I heard this one talk once saying like, people focus on the results, and they don't focus on the discipline. So like they will, 
they will try and do something right and then they will say like okay well i'm not getting anywhere i'm not very good at this whatever it is so like let me stop they'll put in a bit of work my business is not earning as much money as i, I was hoping it would i've been going to gym my body doesn't look like what i wanted to do and they just look at the results as like a way of of gauging whether they're there or not and the guy in this talk was saying like focus on the discipline instead of the results so create a structure be like over the next six months i'm going to do this every single day for an hour for six months and the results will come and however they come out, you just got to trust that they're going to come out in the way that they want. But your focus and your reward system should be on like, am I, am I committing to the discipline and like actually getting that done every day? And that, that's been something that I've only recently learned. And I've, I've been sort of sharing with people in my inner circle. And I think that's, what do you think of that? Because that, that's quite a powerful thing. Like if you just focus on the discipline and, and you are able to do it consistently, then the results, they come, right? They come over time. Mm-hmm. And um, for trying to avoid going on a, a bench here, because it's something that I'm very passionate about this whole story. So I think there's a, there's a few points there. And the first one to bring up, which is a harsh in a way, and everyone wants to be a lion until it comes time to do what lions need to do. So looking at that from that point of view, I completely agree with that, with that methodology, with focusing your attention on the discipline and the habits you need to get to where you want to be. So again, and this is cool, right? Because it's kind of a, um, two sides of the same point. You need to have the ability to visualize the end result and the purpose, but this is where mental flexibility comes in. It's, it's not about staying there 24-7. You know, it's not about thinking about that result all day, every day. It's about thinking about it, understanding where you are, and then being able to shift your focus to exactly what you were saying now onto the daily habits. And I think that comes down to the fact that you have to focus on what you can control, right? Because the result, as much as your hard work is going to benefit you in getting there, at the end of the day, that result is not truly in your control. You know, like touch wood, a million things could happen, right? COVID could come in and wipe your business out. COVID could come in and, you know, God forbid, your, your, your mother, you get sick. And now there's a whole bunch of environmental factors that will prevent you from getting to X amount of sales by December 31st, for example. So focusing on that, in, in the face of these kind of challenges is going to throw you off because when you focus on what you can't control, you lose your power. And when you lose your power, that energy level drops and then you end up, you know, getting in that rut. So yeah. I completely believe in that, you know, it's focusing on behaviors. So as an example, when I'm coaching someone and we, we're trying to help them build nutrition skills, for example, we don't always focus on that end goal. So I don't ask them, listen, I want you to lose a kg this month. No, no, no. This week, I want you to eat three serving of vegetables every single day. And that's your focus because that is within your control. And with, if it's within your control, you have power. And that kind of builds on that, that momentum, right? Because when you do something that you're in control of and you have success there, that pulls the result. Because I mean, at the end of the day, like you were saying, that discipline and those habits are what create the results, which is actually out of our control. Yeah, yeah. But over time they come. But if you don't, yeah, I, I really like how you tied in like what's in your control, which is the discipline and what's out of your control is the results. And it's so easy for people or me as well to get disheartened when the results aren't what you want. But like you said, there's so many external things. Yeah. Wow. That's, no, that's awesome. Yeah, 100%. And so this is something that you, you uh, with your clients, like you focus just on the discipline and the habits and then you allow the results to come or because surely you're like, exactly. I want to lose two kgs. I want to improve my business, they, they come to you with like a result that they want to achieve, right? So how do you create that structure for them? Look, and, and that, that's a really tough part. And, and also, this is a little side note that I think is so important to, to be out there and be transparent. You know, I'm, I'm not perfect. I didn't do this myself the whole time. And that's why 
having conversations like this and sharing the stuff with people is so good because it raises your own standards, right? And it, it gets you to that level of accountability that's so, so strong. So it's good to have these conversations because you can then get called out on your own stuff. And I mean, I love it. It's one of my favorite things, not in the moment, but afterwards when I get called out for something, I've taught someone or coached someone on and then they use it on me, but that, that's what it's about, right? It's about that growth. So going from that point, it's completely correct. My clients will sometimes come to me. I'll come to me sometimes when I'm coaching myself with only the results in mind. And it's a very, it's very challenging to, to kind of break that down and stop focusing on the results and focus on the behaviors because us as achievers, you know, that's what we want. You know, we're not concerned about all that other stuff. You know, we'll get to that. We just want to go where we want to go. So I think a big part of that is kind of trying to reframe people and asking them, you know, what is going to make the biggest impact in the next 24 hours, in the next seven days? Because that is really going to be the most integral part of it. So I think it's just, again, to answer your question, it's about reframing them and really trying to get them to focus on the now, on the present moments. Right. Because once we focus on the present moment, it's the and again, coming back to what you can and can't control. All we can control is this moment. All we can control is today. OK, I maybe I binge ate last night and I ate three pizzas and three chocolates. Right. But that doesn't matter anymore. Yes, I should learn from that and correct from it. But all I'm in control of is right now. If I keep focusing on that or even the end result, I lose power because now is when the power is. It's right now. It's what can I do now? that's going to make the difference you in 10 minutes that's not you it's not your problem it's that guy's problem yo that's so cool hey yeah and it ties back to what you said earlier like most of us we spend a lot of time during the day worrying about something we've said in the past or something that literally happened when you were like 10 years old or what's going to happen in the future and like none of that stuff is even real like and if you just focus on literally the next two minutes or one minute ahead of you um that's where you keep that power like you're saying you keep control and I think that is, you know, when you can do that and when you can, and to me personally, there's a lot of definitions to me personally, mental and emotional fitness, right, is the ability to understand. And this is, I'll tell you right now, this is the most important thing I've learned in my life to date. I do not need to believe every thought that I have. Every thought that I have is not necessarily my own. This is a two million year old brain. It's been around for two million years and it doesn't give two shits about whether you're happy. All it cares about is survival. Yeah. So the ability to analyze your thoughts and realize, should I listen to this? Should I not listen to this? That, that mental, emotional fitness is what will get you to where you need to be because the ego, the brain will take you to the past. It will take you to the future, robbing you of that energy that you have in the now. And that is the difference between choosing your direction in life and reacting to your past experiences or what you think will happen in the future. And I believe that's power. That is so powerful, man. That That's definitely like ties into the whole idea of stoicism, right? I know we've chatted about this in the past, but it's yeah. like, it's, it's very much like, uh, I was actually reading that book by Ryan Holiday this morning. And it said, the only thing that we really have as human beings is the power to make decisions and to apply judgment and reason to things that happen. Like that's all we have. And I was like, it's, it's really, it's like about keeping the power. Yeah, that's cool. So the other thing I wanted to just ask you and get your advice on is, is on like limiting beliefs and um, the things internally, like your, your image of yourself and what you are capable of, like how do you break through that and how do you let go of, of that image you have of yourself and so that you can sort of believe higher things. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like your, your limiting beliefs, how do you break through those? Because those are obviously like deeply ingrained um, throughout your childhood and going into adulthood. So how do you, how do you advise your clients to break through that? So look, I think limiting beliefs, sure. I mean, we, 
two-hour conversation just on limiting beliefs. So there's a quote about that that really resonates with me. And it says that if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do me no harm. Um, and that just really comes down to exactly what you're saying, the limiting beliefs, our beliefs, our assumptions about who we are as people, about how the world is, are always going to hold us back unless we mold them and we actually consciously choose our beliefs. Now, the problem with limiting beliefs is that, to be honest, there's not really, in reality, there's no difference. A belief is a belief, right? It doesn't necessarily mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. All that you need to understand about a belief is, is it helping me or is it hindering me? It's not right or wrong. I mean, for example, look at religion. There's how many, you know, plenty of religions in the world, different belief systems. Yeah. One's not right, one's not wrong. It's just, is it effective or is it not effective? Now, yeah. the thing about beliefs is that only reason a belief will be there is, again, it's this two million year old piece of machinery, right? This brain forms beliefs in order to keep you safe. So what happens is we go through an experience, whether it's a traumatic experience, whether, whether it's something you don't even remember. And in that moment of intense pain or pleasure, in that precise moment, we form a belief so that in the future, we can either avoid that pain again, or we can go closer to the pleasure, right? Now, the way a belief is made up is, is to, to destroy a limiting belief, to actually get to the crux of it. We need to understand what the reason, why is it there in the first place? So this comes down to almost accepting before trying to change. Um, very similar, and I'm, I'm sure you know, you know, in sales and relationships in general, before I can influence you, I first need to get onto your level. I, still, I first need to accept you in your state as you are before I can influence you and take it further, even if I don't agree with what's going on with you. Same thing with the limiting belief, right? We need to look at it and say, why do I have this limiting belief? What is it there for? Like I said, this brain's concerned with survival and efficiency. It's not going to put it there if there's no purpose for it. So figuring out what is the reason for it there? What is it protecting me from? What fear is underlying that belief? Once you have that, once you understand why that is, we can reanalyze that situation and see, is that belief still helping me? So is this belief, so yes, I understand this belief this year. Thank you, firstly, right? Thank you for being here and protecting me. You served me. It's been here for a purpose. But now, in my life today, not reacting, and this comes down to reacting and being in our heads, right? Not reacting to how we were back when we formed the belief. Today in my life, does this belief make sense to still have? Is it effective? And obviously, once we get to that point, the answer is obviously no, right? But there's a very big difference between saying, no, it's not effective and actually living it. So the way to get around that, and there's a couple of ways, but what I'll share with you is what I found to be the most powerful one. What are the consequences going to be if you live with that belief for the next five years, for the next 10 years, 15 years? How's it going to affect your health? How's it going to affect your relationships, your finances? Creating the extra pain or the extra pleasure around that belief is going to be the thing that breaks it. The same thing that creates it is the same thing that breaks it. And the thing is, we will change our beliefs in a split second. But what actually happens is you might think, oh, you know, it took me 10 years to change the belief that I'm not good enough. Or it took me 10 years to change the belief that all women are bad or all men are bad. It doesn't take 10 years. It takes a moment. It might have taken you 10 years to get to the moment, but it happened in a moment. So my advice would be associate enough pain to that belief in the moment today that your brain has no choice but to come up with an alternative. And in doing that process, you'll break the hold that belief has on you. Does that answer your question? 
Yeah, yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear like how a belief is formed because of something traumatic, and then you avoid it or you move closer to it. Like that's some like really deeply grain, ingrained stuff. Like it's it's not like you. I think you you have to get an an inflection point where like you're desperate to like actually change it, and that's where the the change comes, right? It's like if you just feel mediocre about where you are and you feel mediocre about your dreams and your purpose and stuff. I don't see enough urgency there to like change it like that and to take, like you said, massive action. So um, yes. maybe a, a suggestion there, like one thing that helped me was to just have a dream of like being an entrepreneur and being inspired by other entrepreneurs and, and people who build brands and products and stuff like that really drives me forward. And like, I want to be like them. I want to live that lifestyle. Everything about it is sick. And that's what, mm-hmm. that's what creates the pool. Like you said, um, for you, like, what, what would you say? Would you say for people, just like try and find something that really genuinely inspires you so much? Like, what would your advice be there? Or, or how is it in your, in your personal story? And do you mean in terms of like getting the motivation to go for the business? Yeah, like maybe maybe both of them. What For, for you personally, like what is that pull factor and, and what, what is your purpose and, and what drives you so much to like sort of take action like this? And then also for someone else who kind of feels mediocre about where they're going and what they want to do, how, do you, how would you help them like find something that truly, 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 truly ignites them? All right. So look, I think from that, and again, there are many tools to use, but at the end of the day, the, the most important thing that we've mentioned, it's pain and pleasure. Pain and pleasure drive absolutely every decision we make is driven by pain or pleasure. Um, so, you know, to get the motivation, and I mean, that, that's a common question as well, which is, I think it's similar to what you're asking, is people ask me, you know, how can I get motivated? You know, how, how, how can I increase my motivation? And, you know, I just, I'm so lazy. I, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't want to do, you know, the things I need to do. So I always ask them, you know, well, what motivates you to brush your teeth in the morning? You know, why do you do that every day? Well, it's the pain that if I don't brush my teeth, my teeth are going to fall out. They're going to rot. No one's going to want to talk to me, right? For example. So it's always this pain and pleasure conundrum. And the thing about human beings is that as a species, we like to push off this pain, right? We like to push it either further into the future or, um, you know, into the past. So let me ask you a personal question. I don't know how appropriate it is, but we'll see. So have you ever been in a relationship where you just knew at the stage you'd been in it way too long? Yeah, so you want to just ask that question again. So you just glitched there for a second. You, you want right, to yeah. so, ask your question. So do you, let me ask you a question. Do you or anyone you know, have you been in a relationship where you knew you were in the relationship way too long? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Right, I think we've all been there, right? So what typically happens there is we say, okay, well, you know, it's bad today, but... um. You know, maybe in a year or two's time, you know, when the baby comes or, or, you know, when the stress is over, then it'll be better. It'll be better over there. So let me push the pain there. Or, you know, it, it, it was great in the past, so I'm going to focus there. So we keep pushing the pain in different directions. And the moment comes when you actually take the decision is when the pain in the future is too much, the pain in the past is too much, the pain in the present is too much. And yeah. that's when things start to change. So it's, this, it's always this game of, of taking pleasure and pain and using them as two walls to push yourself mm. to the point you need to go. It's like being on Niagara Falls, right? If you are at the end of a river and there's a waterfall 10 kilometers down the line, you're going to feel the pull of that waterfall just a little bit, right? And as you get closer to the waterfall, you're going to feel it more and more. But the law of familiarity kicks in, right? So you don't, you actually don't realize that the pace is picking up. It's like the frog boiling uh, in boiling water, right? It doesn't realize that it's getting boiled a lot. Yeah. And we do this in life, right? We, whether 
it's our health, whether it's our relationships, whether it's our business or our purpose, we say, ah, oh, you know, things, things aren't that bad. They're not too bad, you know, and then time goes on, we get closer and closer to the falls. And unfortunately, when we hit the falls, it's either a financial fall, it's an emotional fall, a physical fall. But most of the time, because people are pushing off the pain and not being aware of where they are, by the time they realize that they're on the way to the falls, it's either too late. So they got to turn around and start paddling real flipping fast in order to get away from that. So I believe in being very presently aware of where you are in your life, every area of your life, and if it's where you want to be. And if it's not where you want to be, look further down the, down the line, look down the river, ask yourself today in 10 years time, what, what is my life going to be like, right? What is the pain going to be in 10 years time? And you know what? Sometimes make it worse than it actually is, right? Um, I'll share with you a, a small thing I do. It's, it's quite, um, you know, it's a bit of a, a vicious thing. So I wouldn't recommend anyone doing it straight away. But often, honestly, waking up in the morning and visualizing your worst fear coming true, right? Losing your family, losing your loved ones, losing your business completely. So it's not a fun thing, but bringing that pain to the now makes you alert, makes you focus on the decisions you need to make so that you're not going over the falls at, yeah. at the end of the day. And the same thing can be done with pleasure, right? You can have something that attracts you so much that you paddle the opposite direction. So pain and pleasure are your two best friends. We just need to learn how to use them effectively. Does that answer your question? Then? Yeah, 100%. No, that's, I think that's super valuable. And like, and like you said, we've got this really old brain that's evolved to sort of keep us safe, you know, keep us out of danger. And for, for me to visualize everyone dying and for my worst fear coming through is, is not something that your brain automatically wants to do. It automatically wants to brush that aside and say, everything's cool, it's comfortable, take it easy. But like you said, law of familiarity, things get worse and worse without you noticing it. So yeah, I think that's incredibly valuable advice. And wow, I've learned a hell of a lot even just chatting about this now. So is, is there anything else that you wanted to cover? Um, obviously, just to people who are listening stuff, um, the reason you and I are doing this is because we want to talk about um, how important it is to build physical fitness, how important it is to develop your habits, to create a purpose. Um, not like we're coming from like a preaching point of view or anything like that. It's more just like, you can think of it kind of like advice we would want to give to ourselves when we were like, you know, 18, 19, whatever it was. This is, this is the kind of stuff we, we wish we could have told ourselves back then because it's, it's helped us get where we are now. So, so we have got a hell of a lot of things that we are going to chat about and maybe we'll do like a, a every week or every second week, we'll have a quick, conversation but is, is there anything else that you wanted to to run through today or yeah well look i think just elaborating a little bit on what we were talking about i think the, the biggest place to start in my opinion with, with anything just to improve just to to be better in life in in general right is, is is limiting beliefs and it's really figuring out where those limiting beliefs are and the reason it's such a challenge is because a belief becomes automatic I mean, for you to talk to me right now, you're not, I was going to say, you're not focusing on the chair underneath you, but you probably are because you told me it was a little bit rickety. <laughs> uh, so that's a bad example. But um, yes, for example, you have the belief, you have this, because I mean, let's look at what a belief is, right? All a belief is, is a feeling of certainty about what something means. That's all a belief is, right? It's not a tangible thing. It's a feeling of certainty about what something means. Right now, you are certain that that roof above you is going to stay up. If you didn't have that certainty, you wouldn't be able to pay attention to me. Now, the reason I bring that up is because all these beliefs become subconscious. You don't think about it. Right now, you're not conscious of the feeling of the clothes on your body or the feeling of the chair underneath you, right? Or the blood pumping through your left ear. So as human beings, we've only got a very small amount that we can focus on at any moment in time, right? If we focused on everything, we'd go crazy. And our beliefs play a massive role in that. Our beliefs are how our brain filters the information coming from the outside world 
and focuses on something small. And I can give you some numbers behind that, right? At any given second, there is over a billion bits of information being fed into your nervous system, through your ears, sorry, through your ears, through your eyes, through your nose, everything around you is flooding information into you. Yeah. Your brain can only process 127 at a single second. Now imagine you had to choose 127 people out of a billion. How challenging would that be? Now, the way your brain decides is based on your beliefs. If I have a belief that I'm not good enough, I will always delete the information that shows me that I'm not good enough. And I will absorb everything that supports my belief. How often do you see it with people, right? I mean, if you've ever bought a new car or a new outfit, you buy it. And then all of a sudden you see it everywhere because now your brain has realized that it's important, right? So that's why I think beliefs are so important because not only determines what you do, but it determines what your brain sees and it determines what you filter. So having those strong beliefs in place about yourself, about the world, about your capabilities is, is, is so, 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 so important. And it's not kind of a situation where I used to think um, where it was kind of, you know, let me figure out all my beliefs. I'll pick the ones I want. I'll throw out the ones I don't want. And that's it for life. No, no, no. We, we learn through beliefs, right? Beliefs and generalizations about the way things are the only way we learn. So we're constantly picking up new beliefs. We're constantly getting rid of beliefs. So doing a little check on yourself and, and do it with a partner. This is what I'd recommend because it's very hard to, to do it for yourself when it's unconscious, if that makes sense. For example, um, you know, I could be the best brain surgeon in the world, but I'm not going to do brain surgery on myself, right? I'm going to get someone else to help me with it. And it's the same thing here. You need that objective approach, you know, whether that's in the form of a coach or whether that's just in the form of a friend to help you analyze those beliefs from an objective point of view so that you can rationally decide which ones you want instead of reacting based on your past yeah. to how the situation is. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but the limiting beliefs are just, it's the be all and end all. It's the first place to start. Yeah, yeah. It's the first place to start and it's probably one of the most difficult ones to overcome because it's not like, um, although these days people are becoming more aware of it, but it's not like, you know, when you get to grade eight, there's a class on limiting beliefs and they teach you in school, like, okay, you probably grew up with like a shitload of bad beliefs. This is how you deal with them. It's like, it just gets brushed aside and most people don't talk about it. And it's this thing you kind of figure out when you're 50 years old and you're like, Hey, why didn't I uh, live up to what I, I wanted to be when I was a kid? So, um, but this obviously requires like a lot of, um, holding the mirror up to yourself and being honest and being saying, look, I do have these shitty beliefs that are holding me back. That, that takes quite a lot of character to be able to say, yeah, like, you know, I haven't done a great job up to this point, but that's okay. Like from here, I can rewrite the code, whatever it is. I can, I can change the direction of, or I can change my trajectory. I can, I can change those beliefs, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, that, and that is why, you know, it is challenging. I think that's why a lot of people struggle with it. I mean, including myself, it's very hard to, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and look at all the, all the wobbly parts that you don't want to see. And it's the same thing with your mind. You know, it's really challenging to look at those things. And what also makes it quite challenging um, is that most of our beliefs come from our upbringing, you know, our parents. Um, if we you know, are fortunate to, to grow up with parents, uh, whoever was in your surroundings, the first seven years of your life, you know, that's when you're formulating all of those beliefs. So the way I explain to people is, you know, you wouldn't take your computer and just hand it out to 10 random programmers to punch in anything that they want. But, you know, it, it's essentially what we've done with our brains, right? We let, we let society, we let culture, we let everything, you know, program our brains. And again, it's not wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. And we can't stop that process. So I don't want people to think, you know, well, I'm going to stop, you know, taking on other people's beliefs. No, it can be the most beautiful thing in the world to, to learn someone's beliefs. And, and you can model people, right? You take the most successful people in the world 
learn what their beliefs are, their feelings of certainty about what things mean, and you'll get the same results, right? So it's not about shutting it out. It's about being meticulous about what you allow to remain in your brain. Same thing as the food you eat. You put in junk, you're going to feel junk, right? Same thing with your beliefs. So yeah, I, I think it takes, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of strength to, to be able to start that process. But once you start, um, it, it becomes addictive because then, then you, you know that you won't settle for anything less than what you, you know you deserve. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's powerful stuff. Man. That is powerful. And, and I like what you said as well. Like once you start, I mean, isn't that like the rule with everything, like going into business, you know, changing, making massive, taking massive action or anything, building a better body, whatever it is, like um, that, that beginning phase, getting over that fear in the beginning of how people see you and whether I'm going to succeed or fail, whatever it is, that can be quite difficult to overcome as well. And um, mm. I can speak from, from really a business perspective, but um, I definitely like, didn't think that I could be a business owner, stuff like that growing up. And, um, you know, a solid year in business, just failing, succeeding, giving it everything. You can kind of overcome that fear and be like, okay, cool. Well, now I'm comfortable with whether I succeed or not. And so now I can kind of focus on, okay, well, what do I actually like doing? And, and I suppose that applies to anything, right? Just, just that have enough of a desire to create the change, to look at yourself, to change those beliefs, whatever it is, not necessarily to just trust the beliefs that you were given by your folks or the people around you, whoever you're raised by, question yourself, take massive action to change those beliefs and then just get started on, on whatever you're doing. And, and the fear and everything sort of, you know, it, it, it slowly goes away, which is quite cool. And uh, to be honest, the fact that you brought that up, I actually want to, want to share something because that that is, is so integral and that fear, right? So out of all the emotions, I mean, if you look at all negative emotions, you know, we, in my practice, I deal with a lot, you know, anger, depression, sadness, whatever it might be everything stems from fear everything stems from fear fear is the primal emotion fear is the ego shouting at the top of its lungs and what's interesting about fear is that fear is not the problem the problem that comes in is when our brains cannot differentiate between fear and actual danger because mm. fear is an illusion danger is very very real right so for example a lady who's petrified of snakes right you bring in a snake in a cage what happens? The fear response begins. She starts sweating, you know, flipping, you know, heartbeats increases, fight or flight starts. Exactly. Exactly. There's no danger, right? There's no actual danger. But the problem is that her brain has convinced her that fear equals danger. Wow. Now, what you were saying about taking massive action is that what fear is at its absolute, absolute root is an automatic subconscious reaction, right? An automatic subconscious reaction because your brain is saying that over there means danger because 10 years ago, something happened, which means I know this means danger, right? Automatic response. The only way to overcome a subconscious automatic response is with a conscious chosen response. Because when you do that, when you step into that fear, you give your brain evidence that there's actually no danger, right? And even if there's a little bit of danger, right, it's not the same as the fear made it out to be. So it's like you're taking a spotlight and you're shining it on you and you're saying, look, brain, new evidence. There's fear, yes, but there's no danger because fear is a feeling. Danger is real. And overcoming that fear comes when you, like you said, you took action. You just did it. You just went ahead to smart the fear. You did it. And once you got in there, you realized it's actually not that bad, right? So in doing that, you're teaching your brain. And it, this is providing new references, new beliefs. Now you've got a feeling of certainty that this doesn't mean danger. And then what happens to the fear? It's gone, right? 
because it's just providing the brain with that new evidence that, hey, listen, there's actually no danger, right? And even if there is a little bit of danger, it's fine. It doesn't have to be so black and white, but it's understanding that that fear is always going to be magnified tenfold compared to the actual danger that exists in that situation. So that's why I honestly believe in understanding your values, you know, what why it really matters to you and taking that that step, that action in the right direction regardless of fear. Because brave, bravery isn't the absence of fear. Bravery is stepping into something with fear and doing it anyway. Doing it that's bravery. Important, yeah. That's powerful. And like, I think that's so powerful because it's like, then you can actually go at things where you have fear. So whether that's like public speaking or, you know, being on camera or starting a business or whatever it is, like you actually, you, you look at yourself and be like, why am I afraid of this? Um, it would yeah. be so cool if I could do this and then just going at that. And you, you sort of build confidence as you keep on proving to yourself that you, yeah. things that seemed like they were scary or dangerous are actually not. And you can conquer them one by one. You build confidence. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing, you know, it's that, and it's, Confidence is like a muscle, right? Any of these positive emotions are like a muscle. If you, the more you work it, the stronger it's going to get. You know, if I train my legs days a week and I've got to sprint up a hill, you're going to be damn sure that my legs are going to be there to support me to do it. So if I want to be confident, I'm going to train that muscle so that when I need it, 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 it reacts. There, there's no question about it. And I think when it comes down to mental training and mental fitness, like I mentioned earlier, mental emotional fitness, it's the fact that you are in control right? You, not your brain, not the thoughts, not the fear, you as the individual person inside. So you say, when I tell my brain to do something, that bitch better jump and it better ask me how high because I'm the one in control, right? So taking that conscious action despite fear, you, you consistently training your brain to say that even if you tell me no, I say yes. So I'm not going to listen to what you say. I hear you, I understand you, but I don't have to listen to what you say. And I think building that up so that is that's true mental fitness yeah being able to separate yourself a little bit from the way you react to things and stuff look at things sort of from like a bird's eye view look at yourself be like why is this reaction do i need to be reacting with this is it rational it would it be more productive if i reacted in a different way um but be, being able to separate yourself in, in that light i think that is incredibly powerful yeah exactly and i mean that's the thing you know because i mean it's we we are not our brain this brain that we have is a tool and like any tool that can be used incorrectly. If I want to, you know, nail a small, tiny little painting into a wall, using a sledgehammer is not going to work, right? But if I want to knock down a building, it'll work. The brain is a tool, right? We as conscious individuals, we know the answers. We use the brain as a tool when we need it. The problem is we associate so much with our mind that we think it's the same thing. We think we are our mind. And if you think you are your mind, whatever emotion you feel, you're going to believe. And if you believe it, you'll feel it. And if you feel it, that's your life. So that separation, it, it's, it's crucial. Otherwise, you, your mind will run you and you won't run your mind. And like we, like we see, this brain is not in a position to do things itself. It's a tool that can be used well, but don't give it the control because it doesn't know what it's doing wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you, man. That's actually powerful advice. Eh? Like your brain is a tool. You've, you've dropped some real golden nuggets here. I'm not going to lie, man. Um, this is really valuable. Thank you. Awesome. And... Um, would you be keen, like the next time we have this conversation to maybe go a little bit more into that confidence and maybe talk a little bit about like your personal journey, my personal journey, like how we build confidence over time, you know, like going into things like starting a business, same for you, starting a business, going overseas, these kind of things where typically there was a bit of fear, but you build confidence in taking action threads. Would you be keen to try and break that down and sort of like crack the codes to, to confidence yep. in the next session? 
Yeah, that sounds awesome, man. I'm very, very keen for that. Do me a favor, though, just, just email it to me just so I have it, so I can just visualize it. But yeah, bro, I think that's awesome. I think at least every two weeks we should do these sessions, man, get other people on because it's it's awesome. And like I said before, like it's, you know, it's I'm, I'm not perfect. I mean, I've, I've found a way to summarize and condense this and coach these things, but I'm by far perfect at it. So it's good for me as well because I need the accountability, the feedback. I need people to hold me to my own standard. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, let's let's wrap it there. Yeah. So if anyone is listening through, like, thank you so much for tuning in, and hope it hope it shared some valuable advice. I know your advice definitely, definitely, definitely hit home, and and they can take that and take action on that. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for sharing, Ben, and look forward to chatting in the next one. I like it. Thank you so much.